Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. Also remember to join us over on Facebook. We are Grace Teaching Ministry there as well. And so we welcome you here, my wife and I. Thank you for letting us be an encouragement to you. Remember, you're the most important person here because without you, we can't teach. And we learn so we can teach. We teach so we can learn. And so we uh, believe this message is for you. And so we want to talk a little bit about, since it's the Christmas season now, uh, we want to talk about the nativity story. Many of us like to set up our nativity sets, and, you know, it kind of symbolizes the true meaning of Christmas. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and the whole message is uh, about love. But we wanted to tell you a little story, and... uh, from the Bible, and uh, you know, a lot of times we, it's easy to overlook why Jesus came, and so we want to take a look at the Christmas uh, story and uh, the meaning behind the nativity. In Galatians four verses four through five, we read there it says, "But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman." born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, who do you suppose, when Jesus was actually born, uh, when Jesus was actually born in that manger, he was born under the law, okay? And the word redeem actually means to buy back and then set free. See, God purchased us through the death of his son. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have been bought back. That's right, bought back. You know, in the garden, it all started in the garden when uh, Adam and Eve were persuaded, enticed, and tempted, and they took things into their own hands. Do you remember what happened then? They spiritually died and they separated themselves from God. Okay, and so from Adam, all of us born into this world, we all were born in Adam, sinners separated from God, spiritually dead in the same spiritual condition. That's why Jesus later on talks to Nicodemus and describes and tells him how important it is to be born again. Okay, and so... We want to uh, take a look at uh, another verse that's very encouraging. It was all because of the disobedience of the one man, Adam, that many entered into the world sinners. But because of the obedience of the one man, Jesus, the many will be made right with God. That's found in Romans 5.19. And so we see there, because of what Jesus has done in his death, burial, and resurrection, we see there because of his obedience and our accepting what he did, we were made right with God. Remember, there was only one obedient one, and that was Jesus. Okay, so set free, it actually means those under law were set free from law. We have been given the right to be called children of God and are in right standing with God through Christ now. 
Okay. When we look at Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood. Okay. So, the, again, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You see, that's found in Colossians 1, 13 and 14. And so the kingdom of darkness is where we were when we were in Adam, but we were transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. And he purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Now we stand in right standing with God, our Father. Scripture is telling us to all who received him, to them who believed in his name, Jesus Christ, God's given them the right to be called children of God. So what were we rescued from? Well, we were rescued uh, from the kingdom of darkness. And where were we transferred to? We were transferred to the kingdom of his dear son. Now we stand in Christ and he is our wisdom. Because what he has done, you belong to Christ Jesus now. He has become God's wisdom for us. He makes us right with God. He makes us holy. He sets us free. Okay. And so because you are now sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you're no longer slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Okay, so where did God send the spirit of his son? Answer, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Who are we now? You are no longer a slave, but God's child. What has God made us? God has made us an heir. Okay, so knowing that we have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus and have been set free from the law of sin and death enables us to enjoy the riches of God's grace. So in light of the fact that we have been redeemed, it just doesn't make sense to go back to our lives of bondage, does it? You know, Jesus had uh, earthly ministries before the cross. He had two earthly ministries. He uh, came to redeem those under the law, show them, the, show the law that they didn't have a righteousness that surpassed his. So he was always burying them under the law, telling them things like, you know, if you looked at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. If your right arm causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to, you know, Go to heaven with one arm, then to go to heaven with both, or go to hell with both. You know, and, and he what he's doing there is he's he doesn't want them to cut their arms off. He doesn't want to pluck their eyes out. He says, if you look at, you know, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to go to hell, heaven with one eye, than to go to hell with both. So what's his point? His point is he's He's telling those under the law that they don't have a righteousness that surpasses his. 
He wants them to see a need for him. Okay? And also, keep in mind that he's also showing the disciples. Uh, he's given the disciples an example of how to live dependent on the Father. He's given the disciples an example, excuse me, of how to live dependent on him under grace through the way he lives dependent on the Father. You see that? And so before he even goes to the cross, uh, he has those two ministries going on. People in the Middle Ages believe Jesus grew up in a first century house in Nazareth, according to research. Jesus had... Uh, Jesus was uh, with the disciples in Nazareth, in his hometown. The next Sabbath, he became teaching. He began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, "Where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles?" You know, just as a carpenter, Jesus was a carpenter. And uh, in Mark 6, verse 1 through 3, they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And so... Jesus and his disciples, did you know this? Jesus and his disciples primarily spoke Aramaic. And so Jesus said this, I do nothing unless the Father tells me to do it. And so Jesus is living a dependent lifestyle before the cross. Okay? He's living dependent on the Father. He says, I do nothing unless, I, unless the Father tells me to do it. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing. Jesus was dependent on the Father. He says this in John twelve forty nine. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me, to say all that I have spoken. At the time Philip said, show us the Father, Jesus, and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus said, don't you know, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I say to you, I, speak, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. You know, Jesus said, Jesus did not do one independent act as he grew up. Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, that I can do nothing on my own, but I speak just what the Father has taught me. Jesus said by himself he can do nothing, and he judges only as he hears the Father. Jesus answered, what I'm about to tell you is true. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing. What the Father does, 
the Son also does. I can do nothing by myself, he says. I judge only as I hear, and my judging is fair. I do not try to please myself. I try only to please the one who sent me. And we all remember the scene where the woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law, the Pharisees wanted to stone her to death because the law of Moses said to. And then they asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, what do you say we should do? As Jesus was drawing a line in the sand, he heard the Father and he spoke what the Father said to him. He was without sin. May he cast the first stone. And they all slowly, one by one, dropped the stones and walked away. And the woman looked at Jesus and said, with tears in her eyes, why do they not stone me to death? You know, can you imagine what was going through her mind? Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. Nobody accuses you. I don't either, and neither does the Father. When Jesus says, go and sin no more, he's not saying, go and don't do it again. No, what he's saying is, no, go. I'm going to go and take all of your sins. You're not going to have any sins anymore. You see, Jesus is about to go to a cross and take the sins of the world. You see there? Now, this has been the first part of the, the meaning of the nativity. And... Uh, so we want to thank you for this opportunity to talk about the true meaning of Christmas and uh, Jesus being the reason for the season. And we're going to continue this, but uh, keep in mind this is the first part. And so we'll continue this uh, at a later time. Thank you so much, and God bless, and have a Merry Christmas.